Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 4, Episode 22, as the New York Rangers are still on their holiday break, and uh, Team USA thinking they won the gold medal after beating Latvia uh, in a huge letdown game, uh, in my opinion. We'll get into all of it, but first I have to ask Andy, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Like you said, it's good to be uh, good to be back. I don't think the New York Rangers got the memo, but I think you're seeing a lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh, various teams around the hockey world having a hard time shaking off uh, the posts, you know, the post uh, holiday merriment. Uh, and like you said, we'll get into that. But other than that, I'm good. I'm happy. It's it warmed up a little bit after a brutally cold week. So it was nice to walk around today and, and not have my uh, hands turning into icicles. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, I actually today I took the lights off my house and I was pleasantly surprised of how warm it was even early in the morning. So I definitely feel you on the temperature. And uh, unfortunately, Andy, we had a rough night last night and it's it, what a gut punch that was. I, I don't know if you got to watch the whole thing or if you turned I it off. I fortunately did. I sat through the, that whole debacle from the power play to just not being able to do anything five on five. I feel like we're almost at square one again, and it was only really one game. So uh, your thoughts? Um, just unacceptable. I was very upset after that game. Um, and you know what it was is that I actually didn't mind the way the Rangers started the game. They looked pretty good early on, but I think that whole 10, 10 game uh, successful segment for them before this game where they put themselves back in the picture. One of the key things they were doing is that even if they were down, they were playing the same way and then they were trusting the system and the process. And uh, it, you know, they were being able to pull uh, from behind in a lot of these games. But this game against the Caps, a, a Caps team that had some injuries and had some call ups. So there wasn't, the Rangers pretty much iced their full lineup. So there was really no excuse. And they're on home ice, but I think, I don't know if it's a combination of the Caps. Maybe they get into town a day early 
The Rangers kind of almost get that extra day at home with their family. So their their holiday break literally ended the morning of the game, whereas the Caps might have been in game mode a day before that. Um, and it's just, I you know, and this is something else I want to talk about in a minute, but I think most of my comp, most of my thoughts in the game were exactly what Gerard Gallant's were uh, at, in the post game. I thought the Rangers were playing soft. I thought they were playing afraid of contact. I saw way too much reaching with sticks and not enough defending with legs, which is just things they weren't doing in the ten games before this, where they were having success. And it got worse as the game went on, and it felt like they were getting more and more demoralized with the time crunch instead of just amping it up and then finally turning around to do the right thing. There wasn't a lot of good players last night. I thought Shesterkin uh, was good. He had to make some really tough ones. <laughs> and, you know, the goals on him, uh, you know, a, a shot through a leg, which is really hard to track. Um, and, you know, just some other things, not getting support near the side of the net. And it just not enough... Uh, forwards coming back to help the defensemen and just not just not enough awareness all over the ice. I just guys were they missed the net how many times they, mm-hmm. you know, if they if they had hit if they had hit the net at least on half of the shots they missed, I think they would have at least had a goal or two, but they probably still would have lost, but uh it was just no one was sharp. I I thought I will say this. I actually thought Zabanajad had some some jump in his legs and I I thought he was hustling last night. But everyone else was bad. Lindgren was really bad. Fox looked, you know, when Adam Fox doesn't have a good game, it's because he likes to play at a slower pace, but just not enough. You know, for him, he, he overcomes maybe a lack of overall foot speed and the fact that he likes to slow the game down with the fact that he can outthink his problems. And I just thought last night it was just it reared its head in, in a bad way and just uh, lethargic and slow hockey which his team needs to play fast. I thought Gautier was good again, but, you know, just having legs. And honestly, I thought Brodzinski was good, but those guys are limited, which is unfortunate. You know what I mean? But you shouldn't be looking for them to be your saviors. It was great the last game. The fourth line was kind of the savior, but, you know. And then, of course, nothing's going. They need a goal, so then it starts this uh, Turks line blunder process all over again. And now where you had lines that had worked for 10 games, we're going, there's whole new set of lines <laughs> going forward. You know, Lafreniere has now been demoted to the fourth line. Uh, there's a lot to talk about, but yeah, I, I want to oh, yeah. throw it back to you, James, and about what your whole thoughts on, on this whole thing. Yeah, I think, uh, it was a Joe, I think mentioned it uh, during the first period, towards the end of it, just a sloppy period by both teams, which was to be expected. and. You know, it was a big game to come out to after a break. You know, it was kind of like a, not a statement game for the Rangers, but one of those games where you should have had it circled on your calendar. You should have been almost wishing there was not a break. And if you really want to call it that, it was only like four days off. But, you know, they stayed in town. They had the game against the Islanders and then, you know, obviously the home game against the Caps. So there hasn't been much traveling recent. And, you know, maybe they had a ton of distractions, which, all right, fine. But this is a team that cannot afford to mentally not be engaged in this game. And I think when the New York Rangers are playing their best, they have to be mentally, like, engaged. There's no other way to put it. Like, physically, I feel like 
we have the talent to beat anybody in the league, but we are just so soft mentally. Like we have no like hard nosed guys. And, you know, I'm not talking about bringing, um, uh, what's his name back? Oh God. The, what's his name, Andy? He went to Minnesota. Reeves. 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 I'm not talking <laughs> about, I can't believe I'm having a brain fart. See, I'm not mentally right. engaged. I'm like the Rangers. Um, no, but you know, I'm not talking about like that kind of toughness. I'm, Talk about like a mental toughness, like, you know, one of those games where, you know, this is like, this should, should have been like an all out effort. Like there should have been, you know, scrums after every whistle. You should have taken cheap shots. Like there had to be some sort of, I just felt like this was a a throwaway game that the Rangers, you know, ah, you know, we'll get them next time. And, you know, it, it just the same shit over and over and over again. And, you know, I don't care what Gallant has to say anymore. I really don't because he's a part of the problem. And if you're going to go, where'd they go? Hold on, let me look it up. 0 for 5 on the power play. They were like 0 for, they're 1 for 6 the other night. They were 0 for 5 the other night against Pittsburgh. At what point are you not going to throw those guys out? I'm sorry, but the first power play unit needs to be changed. And I'm not saying you start with the second power play unit. I'm saying you make a new first unit. I'm talking about keeping Zibanejad, obviously. You know, removing Panarin. I'd, I'd put Heedle and Kako, uh, uh, you know, as the forwards. And, you know, Fox and even the GOAT in front of the net. Screw Kreider. He can be on power play two and get his 10 seconds. You know, if these guys are not going to get the job done consistently all season long, then they need to be replaced. Or things need to change. And, you know, it just... Like, you know, what happens if they don't score? Well, you know what? We're in the same exact position because our all-stars are not scoring on the power play. And they do the same thing. It's the same setup. It's so predictable. And the good teams with a good penalty kill, kill it off with ease. And you just, you know, they get a couple shots and they might get lucky. But, you know, the 100 mile an hour one-timer from the boards from Zibanejad is it's not going to work every time anymore. and. It's just I'm sick of the predictable play that the New York Rangers have game in and game out. You got to switch it up, change it up. This is your roster. You, this is it. Like you're, you're not going to get much better than this. Maybe a few depth players come in, but who are they replacing? Because the problems really lie at the top of the lineup, not at the bottom. So I'm not even sure depth players even help us. So, um, yeah, Andy. You know, just when you start feeling good about this team, they just mentally disengage, and this is the product. Just a frustrating, frustrating hockey game to watch as a fan. Yeah, and, you know, I think maybe trying to tie in all this Gerard Gallant, you know, just the line blunders, and the Rangers are kind of in a little bit of a hell of their own making. It's like you want to... He says to today, you know, when asked about demoting Lafreniere and uh, just changing the lines up yet again and certain guys sliding around that he basically has, he kind of gets short with uh, reporters basically saying, you know, this is not, this is not development time, you know, player development and practice or in the business of winning games. Sorry, True. I just silenced my phone. And he's, he's not wrong. And listen, I think everyone can glean 
that there's more pressure on Gerard and more eyes on Gerard Glant from upper management and ownership than there was last year. He almost during that bad stretch, he's clearly it was the, it was intimated to him that it's either if this gets sorted out or you're out. You know what I mean? We can obviously feel it. So everyone's upset and they're all like, well. And I understand I understand it. They're like, well, Turk, like he wants to win games, but obviously you have to develop. You have to do both. And it's tough. Listen, it's tough. It's an unenviable situation to be with because it's like you can take the time. The Rangers are better off in the long run if they take the time. And even if let's say they do split the minutes on the power play evenly and get the kids 50 percent of, the, of the, the time and over. Let's say your overall power play percentage just takes a hit. But you see when they're out there, they it's you can't replicate that in practice it's just not the same the the, the pressure that that uh, an nhl caliber penalty kill will put on you and how they defend and how hard they defend you just can't replicate that so you see the kids they even when they do get a little bit more time they haven't had the reps that that other unit has had which has grown predictably stale but it's harder for them to move they don't move the puck around as well they don't have the same know the tendencies and setups of their line mates because they just haven't done it enough and they're not, but they're not given that opportunity or put in that position. You know what I mean? So even if they did put in that position, they probably wouldn't be as good, but you have to, the Rangers, it's their, their own fault. It's the fact that they, their, their owners short-sighted, their GM's a little short-sighted right now and their coach is a little, well, I, I don't want to say he's short-sighted. I just want to, I would say he probably cares more about winning and saving his job than the development He's not, you know, the bus is, is going to leave without them. So that's why our first overall pick is uh, on fourth line duty, you know, possibly the, going into the next game. So, but and it's, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm just saying, like, f- at some point, people got to blame Lafreniere. I'm sick. Well, that's of the people, thing. I, I, I was going to say, I don't. Underlining stats. It's like there's nothing there. There's nothing. He's not a good passer, he stinks at making plays. He's extremely weak. Uh, he takes forever to get off his shot. His shot is not that bad, but it takes forever to get off if he wants to get it off and accurate. I just, I don't see it. I really don't. I, the only, honestly, I think he loves being a New York Ranger, and I think he's actually trying every game. I just think he's not very good. I just think his game does not translate here. You've got to have an aspect of, of grit and strength and you got to do everything just a little bit quicker and he's just so used to a world where everything was in slow motion and now you know the guy that we used to be you know playing on the fourth line you know that you know that maybe you know used to play with in junior is a guy on the fourth line in the nhl is a guy that is not going to give you any time and space and he's going to just run right through you and He's not going to try to steal the puck or anything like that. Like, I don't know. It's just like these guys play a professional system. They play professional hockey. This isn't junior anymore. You've got to become an NHL hockey player. And I think Kako, for the first time, I can say game in and game out, he doesn't have always good games or, you know, he has a lot of bad games like everybody on the New York Rangers. But I have to say he's developing into an NHL hockey player. You could see it. There's just the eyeball test. I don't care about any underlining stat. They mean nothing. But when you look at it, 
it's clear as day that Kako has become an NHL player compared to what he was, you know, last year and even two years ago. So um, Lafreniere, it's it's almost progressively getting worse, and he belongs on the fourth. And I don't even think he belongs on the fourth line. That kid needs to go play thirty minutes a game down in the AHL and score a million points and get confidence back get that instinct back of what it means to be a dominant hockey player and just know that this is you know it might be a process to dominate at the nhl level and to figure this game out but you need to bring everything to the table you have to be strong you have to be quick you know you have to be lucky you know you have to play with the right players there's so many things that need to go right to be successful in the nhl and, you know, there's very few players where they can just do it by themselves. He's got to realize he can't do it by himself and he needs to either change the way he plays or, you know, learn to do everything he used to do quicker, stronger, and just flat out better because there's, no, there's nothing else left for him to do. I, it's not spoon feeding him first line minutes. I don't think that's going to help him. So, no, I uh, what are your exact- thoughts? Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right. And I think. You know, earlier on, you were talking about being, you know, not playing soft and playing physical. I think Lafreniere thinks, I think my biggest problem with Lafreniere at times is that his idea of like do, what he thinks being physical is or what the coaches is, is running a guy in the mm-hmm. boards and throwing a big hit. Whereas that's not making a play for the puck. Being hard to play against is being trying to get your stick on the puck and separate it, which Kako, not very fast guy. Lafreniere is probably a little bit faster than Kako, but why does Kako steal more pucks or take more pucks away or poke more pucks away despite being a slower player than Lafreniere? It's because Lafreniere is always just trying to bury a guy in the boards and the guy just quickly at the last minute just kind of chips it to a teammate instead of just trying to get in fast and get a stick on it. So it hits his stick and it goes back. It's just, like you said, James, everything's a little too deliberate. It's not as much urgency. It's more about he's more content to kind of play in this flow of the game than to disrupt it. You know what I mean? Which Kako does. He's a disruptor. He gets his stick. When players try to chip pucks around him, he gets his stick on it, and it doesn't doesn't go where it planned, and then the Rangers can get possession back, and then he can try to make a play with it. And, you know, like you said, he doesn't always have great games. Like, he had that giveaway to Barzell when he was trying to do something, but he was trying to do something with it. But he, you know, more than not, he has, you know, he takes his shots, he rings his shots off the post, but then he comes back and he puts himself in a good spot and he gets the game winner and he gets rewarded. And I'm actually happy. The one move I liked is that if they're going to put Kreider back, was it Kreider is, is Evangelad and Kako. They were a dominant line where they, they were together. The whole team just was snake bit. So I actually don't mind that line if they're going to go back to that. Um, but or is it, I'm assuming is Panarin is it Panarin's magic cock or is Kreider back with Mika because I saw that I don't know I got to look at uh, I got to look at this I'm going to go right to, to Vince right now yeah but, go to Vince um, but reg- regardless is that I actually think he should be rewarded and but to your point I think the rest of it is just that the if Turk's playing with fire if he thinks his safety blanket of you know putting Barkley Gaudreau constantly up in the lineup is going to save him you know what i mean it's just uh yeah Kreider's magic are back together with kako panera and trocha good with goodrow barkley goodrow and i will say this about barkley goodrow we 
you know, I think fans get upset because of the spot he takes. The motherfucker produces. How many nice, you know, how many good passes has he made? Like, it's it's kind of getting hard. No one's playing themselves into that position. That's that's the thing. You can blame Barkley or I don't think fans blame Barkley Goodrow, but they kind of see it as the problem it is. Well, no one's at this point, no one's forcing their their position. I would say I think Kraftsoff has played pretty well, but I understand why they're now going to try something different. Like, you know, Kraftsoff put him in this spot, but now, I, but so he's going to be with Heedle and Gautier. So I don't, that's not a, you know, that is a position to succeed as well. If you're playing with Heedle, there's no reason why you shouldn't have some success. And oh, damn, I'm sorry. I'm stuttering tonight, but, uh, you know, I think the only the only thing is that was weird is that after having I think Jimmy VC has been good. Almost, he had his probably his worst game in his second stint with the Rangers last night. Uh, but I thought he's been great every game except that game. Uh, great's a strong word. I th- thought he's been very devoted. He had a pretty bit of a nightmare of a game. But now that all of a sudden it's like, OK, now he's going to find himself potentially scratched on the fourth line is I don't know. It's a little sus to me, is all I'm saying. But, you know, in fairness to Gautier, I think Gautier deserves uh, some time, some more minutes. You know what I mean? But uh, I think my only thing is that I would put VC, I would rather have VC with Panarin and Trocek than Goudreau. Although, good, to his credit, Goudreau makes, makes, can make plays. That's the, he, the motherfucker can do that. And he's got a scoring touch, you know, even though he doesn't have the overall skill to maybe put himself in those positions when if someone else can, he can convert or make a nice toss to somebody. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Listen, at this point, I think in the season, and with the the roller coaster season that we're having, where we see one great game, you know, one shitty game, you know, very streaky apparently. Um, I, I just, I've come to grips that there's no magic, uh, formula here. It's just, I don't even blame Gallant for mixing and matching. It's you go with your best players. And I think you can throw out a lineup based off of what you saw last game, based off of what you see in practice. But as the game's going on, if you're going to get the effort that you got against the Capitals, there's no rules anymore. You throw the, you know, you know, throw the lineup card right out, you know, throw it on the ice or whatever, throw it in the garbage. It doesn't matter. You got to just, you know, come up with lines, you know, lines that are just going to, you know, give you guys that are willing to work hard and willing to, you know, mix it up and just give you energy. And I just felt like the whole garden was flat last night. You know, if you were at that game, you know, and I know a few people were at that game that I saw on online on Instagram, uh, yeah, we didn't hear you. You, you know, I know there wasn't much to cheer about, but come on now. I mean, it was bad all around. It was just, it, it was deflating. Just the whole, yeah. the whole thing, Andy, was deflating. 
listen, if they have a good road trip here and win their next two and look revitalized, then I can be like, you know what? They came out of the break and looked like shit. A few other teams did that too. But I think that's the thing is that they haven't earned the benefit of the doubt this season. You got to earn those games. You're right. Yeah, you definitely, you got to listen. I'm not, I feel like play, like teams have bad games and players have bad games. It's the reality, you know, uh, the Colorado Avalanche lost to the Arizona Coyotes last night. Like shit happens. You know what I mean? But the good teams have earned the benefit of the doubt that they're like, ah, yeah, this is that such and that. But the Rangers, again, if they they are in the toughest division in the league, unfortunately for them. And the Islanders, who have been very up and down, are still finding some consistency back again. Uh, the Canes show no sign of slowing down. You know, Pittsburgh's winning again. And the Devils are playing Boston again. So I, I didn't even check that. Let's see. So I'm just out of zero zero. Okay. Pittsburgh, so, Pittsburgh got crushed by the Islanders last night. Is winning. Um, yeah. So and that's the thing that it's like there. It's not like there is no room for error because you can easily find yourself on the outside looking in if you just have another, yet another bad little skid here. You know what I mean? And it, everything you did can go away in an instant because it's not like that wasn't like security points for them. That was just literally get themselves back in the race in any capacity. So yeah, it's just you, this is going to be a big road trip for them. Um, You know, Tampa, yes, the Panthers are struggling, but they can obviously beat any team in the league on any given night easily. And Tampa is Honestly, I I thought Tampa was going to look a lot worse this year. They they look great. They you know I think they understand what their weaknesses are, but they they have a great coach and they have a just some solid players and they just they just know how to play winning hockey and they can play it with consistency. You know what I mean? So yeah. And honestly, I was the Capitals really impressed me last night. I they I don't. It'll, when they get back from back, it'll be really interesting. And listen, they didn't have their best. They didn't have John Carlson, you know, so offensively is a big thing. But the, just the way they defend it, they were hard. On, and they, they're a slower team than the Rangers. They play a little bit of a slower, more methodical, but heavier style. And I think the one thing, glaring thing that you see is that their, their forwards, when they hit you or they separate you from, or their defensemen, they separate you from the puck. And the Rangers don't really necessarily do that. Um, I do. I will say this. I did think, for the most part, Keandre Miller was good last night too. He was shaking and baking again. But you know, again, everyone else on the Rangers was bad. I thought Truba was bad. I thought Schneider wasn't all that great. I thought uh, Harper stunk. I thought you know Lindgren was really bad. I thought Fox was bad. So if uh, you know, if 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 ever, all your but one of your D are bad, it's not going to be a good night. Yeah. No. I. You know, I wasn't going to bring this up, but I'll bring this up. Uh, It's kind of a nerd, nerd thing. Um, Not even a nerd thing, just a weird thing uh, that I was doing. Um, You know, the commercial, it popped on, I don't know even where, but the commercial of after the teams win the Stanley Cup and they go to interview players and they're just kind of speechless. They have like nothing to say. No words. They're, They're clearly just drained mentally physically um you know they're missing teeth they're just banged up they're bruised they're bleeding um they're just dripping in sweat uh you know and i was just thinking like 
if the current Ranger team was on that commercial, who could I see in those positions? And the truth is, I can't really envision anybody like that. Like, and I know I'm probably overthinking this, and this is probably just a weird thing. But like, I don't even know who our guy who would bring bring it all and just leave it all on the table. The guy who'd have missing teeth, the guy who would have cuts and scrapes and bruises. You know, I'm like Gaudreau, Lindgren. Like, are those guys gonna like lead us to it? Like, I, I honestly like, can you envision like Panarin? Like being like speechless, I, I can't. I like can't. I can't envision like Zabanajad. Maybe Zabanajad. I'm just like I don't know. I just feel like we're missing. Like we're missing. Yeah, I, like I, they, I don't even know. What they need. We're missing. Uh, they need an X factor forward. I will say that, and I don't think it's Patrick Kane. I'll say that. I no. We need. I like, think uh, they, honestly, like O'Reilly. <laughs> I keep coming back to him, but yeah. The, well, you know what? It was like a Ryan O'Reilly or like a. Honestly, a guy like Yanni Gord, I think, would be an excellent addition for the New York Rangers. Uh, I don't think they're going to give him up because they're in the playoff no. race. No, they won't. But you know, but I'm you know who knows? Yeah, I mean, you say, hey, uh, you're watching Shane right right now. You, you know, not that I would want to offer him up, but you never know. You'd have to pay a premium for a guy like that. But if you, I don't know, if you offered Brandon Othman, they might they might think about it. But um, but no, they won't. But yeah, to your point, James. Yes, that you need a guy who is a Mark Stone, a Ryan O'Reilly type, uh, you know, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. uh, You need a guy like that, you know, but obviously that's a man, that's a minefield because there's some guys that they get equated with that, but they're actually JT Miller in that they can just be too undisciplined and just literally cost their team because they just play like an, you know, a goddamn idiot. And you, you take that is like, Oh, but he cares so much. It's like, well, yeah, but he plays like a like a dumb dumb dumb. So don't do that. Um, but no, I see your point, James. I think that's exactly the type of player the Rangers need. They just need that person that is going to play with a burr in their saddle, and not just like Lindgren. Like you know what I mean? Like I, yeah, it's, you know, every time if you get near his goaltender, he plays like a little honey badger. That's great. But you just need that uh, that forward who who's a talent and can put the puck in the net, but can also is just whenever they are out there, it's apparent and it just raises the temperature for the entire, everyone else on the team. Like I hate fucking hate Garnet Hathaway for the caps, but he's a great player to do that. The Rangers don't have anyone like that. You know what I mean? A guy who can still play hockey, but when they're out there, it's just a horn, you know, a, a, I don't know if he's the same player anymore, but Patrick Hornquist, Matthew Kachuk, you know, that type of player. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I, I don't know. I, I, and it's just, I could be like overthinking it. And like, it's like, oh yeah, obviously every team in the NHL could use another one of those guys in the lineup. But I it, do does, think, it does seem like the Rangers might not have a single one of those guys. Yeah, yes. And, you know, and I would put the New York Rangers as a team. Like if you look up and down, like, like, the play, excuse me like the teams like i don't know i feel like some teams like don't need them and i almost feel like toronto is missing that guy too you know they have yeah. like the stars and the studs and and you know the danglers and but they don't have like that one guy that's just going to be like it's well you know be, what, like it, when they had when they still had uh hyman he was kind of a guy like that not yeah. to the same extent but you know he kind of brings that a bit but 
yeah, since they lost him, they don't have that as much. Yeah, and yeah, and I don't know. They just they got they also got Wayne Simmons like way too late when he was already yes, gone. yes. Like if they got yeah. Wayne Simmons five years earlier than they got him, they might have had that. You know what I mean? I agree. But, I absolutely agree. Um, yeah, and like there's so many names that like j- jump out at you, but it's like you, they're you almost like you got to see it to like see who that player is that series. You know that playoff run. I just don't see anybody on the Rangers being that guy in the playoff run. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the, the, the answer is. Again, we're just going to have to live with this team and, and just hope that our power play gets hot, uh, ice cold. Um, yeah, but that's, that's and it's kind of all I have on the Rangers. I mean, we could talk about an ice cold power play, but I just think it comes down to switching things up a little bit. Just not yeah, no, I, anyway. I, I agree. I think, I think, like I had mentioned, uh, we'll see how. I think, honestly, the X's and O's really don't really matter. These next two games, it's just going to be about uh, are they playing the way you need to play? And even if you get your chances and you don't bury them and you're a little off, it's more about the, the effort level. Because, yeah, I think on an every, any given night, you can be unlucky and hit a lot of posts and the, get goalie. It happens. But just the the whole just not skating and reaching with sticks thing was driving me nuts all night. That's like my biggest pet peeve. And it's coach's biggest pet peeves too, because it's just not wanting to, to, to be aggressive and go for it and, and attack. You have to attack in the national hockey league. You have to, you can't just like hope you're going to skate into a puck that's put out there for you. It's just, you know, it's not, it's just not a winning combination. So yeah, we can leave it there with the the Rangers. Uh, obviously, James, we, World Juniors are underway, and we've already had a, f- a couple of upsets, which is very surprising. Um, the, you know, the Swiss beat uh, Finland in overtime. Canada drops a game to uh, Czechia the other day, and now the, the U.S. drop a, a game to Slovakia. So we already have a couple upsets right off the bat, and... Obviously, there's plenty of teams that have had disappointing uh, uh, performances in the round robin, only to go on and win the entire tournament. But I will say, just uh, from an eye test perspective, a lot of par- a lot of parity this year, and a lot of the teams that have, you know, were only just able to barely hang on, have really done a good job revitalizing their hockey programs. I mean, as it stands today, I could see the Czechs winning this tournament easily right now. You know. And I could, I could also, uh, maybe Slovakia, probably not. I see them as a little bit, you know, they're like, I see them as almost like not maybe as potent as their Czech counterparts, but uh, still, I feel like the, the, you have so many teams that can at least play a style of hockey that gets them a few upsets and then gets them farther in the tournament, which is, it wouldn't be the case, you know, a few, a scant decade ago. So what are your thoughts so far on how things have played out for these teams? I, I, well, I think you're absolutely right. I think some of those middle-of-the-pack teams probably took a big step forward. And I think Canada-U.S. kind of took, not like a step back, but they just don't have the lineup fire that they usually have. Especially the U.S. I, I just, you know, and, and I know, listen, they, they beat Latvia. They come out and they, you know, lose to the Slo- Slovaks today. They blew a lead. I just... You know, watching watching that team, watching that you know one game today where they lost, you're just like I don't see who they turn to. Like I just don't see who their 
their go-to guys are. And, you know, I just, I just didn't see it. It was kind of like the the Rangers effort. Honestly, it was like watching the same game, you know, rooting for USA and rooting for the Rangers. It was like, like, come on guys, who's going to be the guy that like really steps up here. I just felt like the U S almost expected that things would work out their way and they just never got the job done. And the best hockey I saw them play is when they had the goalie pulled. And, you know, obviously, you know, they, they got one and they had a ton of pressure and a ton of opportunities. And, you know, they made a nice play and they sent it down and score a goal to really ice the game. But again, I mean, just even from goaltending, I just felt like every time they had a big opportunity, like I forget who the goaltender's name is, it starts with an M, I think. Um, I just felt like he, even like him going, just moving side to side, he just like wasn't used to getting shot on. I don't like, I don't know what the hell was wrong with this team. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think the U S almost needed that loss because that's the only thing that's going to probably wake them up a little bit is a, is a big loss like that. Kind of emotional too. So, uh, I don't know if you got a chance to watch the full game, but I don't know. What were your thoughts? No, I, yeah, I watched pretty much all of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's funny because it's it's definitely both Canada's loss to to the Czechs and the U.S.'s loss to Slovakia kind of played out very similar early on. You see, there is a a talent disparity, at least in terms of playmaking and things of that nature. But it's just the support for both of those teams is just always there, and obviously something the Rangers could take a, a cue from right now. In that, even when there was, you were getting you couldn't get your if you you didn't have the puck or you couldn't get your your hands on the puck but there was always in good position and they were competing and clogging and obstructing and just supporting supporting the puck supporting their teammates supporting defensemen and lo and behold just a few ch- like it was almost <laughs> like the Canada and the US would have to work harder to generate offense and when as long as they were in position, they made a simple play. It was much easier for them to break those te- both those teams, both the Czechia and Slovakia, just to chip pucks out and then to come back with numbers. And they had, I feel like in the game against the U.S., how many breakaways did Slovakia have just based on just being a little too aggressive, especially, you know, putting themselves in a bad position and then pushing for offense and it's being difficult. So they're really forwards, really, and defensemen trying to activate. So you're already putting yourself in a herring position if the puck goes the other way and just the Slovaks just trusting their system and it going the other way and then being able to convert on breakaways and just nice uh be hard at the net and just yeah their goals weren't pretty but they well obviously the breakaway was kind of a fluky but also nice one but just playing the way you need to play to win you know what I mean and it's important for these nations to to do that and they're getting better I mean like I said, I think the Czechs could, I don't know about Slovakia, but the Czechs, just based on goaltending alone, they have a chance. And they have some great forward. And obviously, uh, Czech is, is one of the best defensemen in the tournament. So, And they have some good, they have a very competent forward car. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's shaping up to be a very interesting, uh, you know, for the, the, the next lot of games in the tournament. Uh, be very interesting because you know, it's just you're gonna you might see some early crossover between the brackets and matchups you didn't you usually don't see till the end. You see them much earlier. It's it's pretty wild. It might be a and they were saying on the broadcast uh, 
I don't know if it was David Starman, but there's a chance if it, you could see going into the next like the next block of games where almost every team has like one win and one loss would be pretty crazy, you know. So, um, but we'll see if you know Sweden can continue uh, their winning ways. But uh, from a parity standpoint, it makes things way more interesting and way more fun because it's not just like ah oh, these teams you count them out and you're like you're only paying attention to two or three teams. You know what I mean? Because honestly, right now I'm like I obviously think I'm, both the U.S. and Canada can pull out wins in this tournament but i also think based on what we've seen i'm like there's no reason that uh czechia you can't you can't add them to you know sweden and uh, finland as teams that could potentially win so when you're you say there's five teams i think have a pretty good chance of winning this this whole tournament that's pretty good yeah and, and not to mention you know right off the bat when you watch these games i mean you're, you're basically talking about top first round draft picks on every single team uh, like so far, I feel like there's every single game you're like, oh, so and so has been, you know, property of the, you know, Arizona Coyotes or, you know, property of the Chicago Blackhawks, New York Rangers. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's fun to see. It really, it really is. And, you know, I, I think this tournament, it wasn't, I shouldn't say the beauty of this tournament was that the U.S. was always, you know, one of the favorites to win the tournament. I think, you know, the beauty of it was that, you know, at any given moment, at any given game, you see some of these NHL, you know, players that are going to be, you know, be stars in the NHL one day, step up and, you know, make, make a play, you know, score a crazy goal. And, you know, it, it's just, you know, it's just a fun tournament to watch. I mean, even, you know, I, I think I texted you after was a Swiss and Finland game. Neither team could score at all, but the game was like as entertaining to watch you know, towards the end, you know, especially in overtime and, and then the shootout, you know, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Even a game where, you know, both teams seem to be snake bitten and just can't get anything going. It's still just a fun game to watch. Um, yeah. So, uh, I, who do the, who's us have tomorrow? This is the schedule and the times confuse me every year with this tournament. Because it's never in the, you know, they don't give you Eastern Standard Time Zone. I have to convert it from AST to EST. And they're like, it's an hour and a head. And then I try to do the math. And I, I honestly thought the game started at 6. But it started at 4. Because I'm an idiot. So, uh, who do they have tomorrow, Andy? Uh, who do they have tomorrow? I'm going to USA Hockey. So I assume it's going to... They play Switzerland uh, tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay. So, you know, uh, and a Swiss, a Swiss team that upset the Finns. So... That there's yeah. Listen, if they play like they did today, the Swiss have an absolute a hundred percent chance of beating that team. Like like they can definitely win that game without a doubt. Yeah. Um, you know, the US really needs to, you know, bear down here and you know, not wait for a power player, you know, pulling the goalie to to be able to put the puck in the net. They gotta do do it five on five. So um anything else? Anything else, Andy? Nope. I think uh we basically covered it. I think the message for the New York Rangers is clear. It's, I, I think, in asking about, they practice, had a short practice today before flying to Florida for their, their little uh, New Year's road trip. And apparently they had to stop practice and bag skate the team. So clearly Turk has a burr up his ass. And when asked about it, said they clearly didn't, you know, work out all the, the turkey uh, the Christmas turkey in their 
in their bellies. So we had to, you know, we had to finish getting it out of their system. So, and that's the thing. Yeah, just you have to play with fire and urgency. That's really it. And again, it's the results are the results are the results. But just if you don't play in a way that's going to at least give you a chance to get results, then what are, what are we even doing? Right. So, yeah, that's the message for the New York Rangers is that uh, you want to win. But more than that, you have to play a way that gives you a chance to win every night. And, you know, right now it's based on the season they have. Uh, you can't really blame us for maybe being more than just a little concerned that that might not be the case. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.